And welcome back to Endless Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, your co-host, Hayden Brinkley, and along with me is... Zach Bristol. Yet again on another Zoom call. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm getting sick and tired of these. <laughs> it's yeah, very man, frustrating. It's, it's so much harder to hold the conversation because like it's so hard to like know when to jump in and like when like when's the right time to talk because sometimes like with the delay and things cutting out it's just we end up like talking over each other and I'm sure that makes editing a nightmare but shouldn't be too much longer hopefully yeah I'm I'm hoping here in like the next maybe two weeks or so we can go back to normal recording sessions to where it's you know you're you're back here and everything so. I think it'll be a lot easier here in about two weeks, hopefully, if everything goes well. So, today, you know, I don't think last week's episode was enough. I'm going to be honest. I think there's still a lot we need to cover because I'm not going to say names, obviously. I'm not like that. And I just, I, I couldn't resist it. Uh, really, I, I couldn't resist talking about schooling yet again and education and everything. Uh, you know, the night that we recorded, um, and I... Think, no, actually, I didn't even tell you this because I wanted it to be a surprise. The night that we got done recording, I saw someone, I'm not going to say names, I saw someone post on Instagram and they asked a question. You know how you can ask questions in that feature on Instagram stories. It said, right. did you know West Virginia was a state? Yes or no? I'm trying to prove a point. What? Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows uh... it's a country. Hello? I don't know how you didn't know that was a a state, first off, or I don't even know why you have to ask that question in general, because it's obviously a very, uh, I feel like it should be very known that West Virginia is definitely a state. Uh, it's no, no question about it, no nothing. It should be basically right. just muscle memory, like, oh yeah, it's a state. I mean, if you're an American, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're an American, and this person was, uh, it is the most american person you can imagine so you know last week we bashed on teachers uh pretty not not bash but we, you know we kind of took took quite a uh, quite aim at some of the teachers who are shit at teaching uh, this week i want to talk about the students uh as as a student you think it, it would be very easy just to sit down and learn and given a lot of people have uh, ADHD and it, it makes it a lot harder for them to like sit there and focus for quite some time. I, I don't know. To kind of go off a side note, I'm not necessarily even sure how I take ADHD. I don't know if it's something more so in your brain if you just say it, oh yeah, I have ADHD. I think it could be one of those things where it's mind over matter and you ultimately believe that, yeah, you have ADHD and it makes it hard for you to focus. I think half the battle is just not being distracted, especially if you're with very good friends in the classroom. Because, I, I mean, I know what happens. But at what point do you think that it's the student's responsibility to come and make good use of the time and pay attention? For the most part, I mean, I think all of us, everybody who went to public school, I mean, probably a lot of people who went to private schools too, but me, I can only really speak from my experience. I went to public school all the way through from pre-K to senior year of high school. And I, I can't I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen just kids and young adults 
who are in class with me just like, I don't know, you could just, some teachers just look so defeated by the end of a class because of one student, like one student can really like ruin a teacher's day and like can throw everything off for them. You got to think about how many teachers or like how many students each teacher is responsible for in any given day. It's honestly, it's really, really hard thing to even like, of course, uh, you know, it'd be so much better and so much easier if, you know, all the students could just step up and understand like, hey, like, we're here to learn. They're here to teach us. They're, they're really doing a service for us. We don't need to be interrupting them and taking this valuable time for granted. This is kind of a privilege to be able to, to do this every day, but it's hard to see that when you're a kid, uh, when you know, you're just young and immature and you don't really care. You just think that, you know, I, I don't want to be here. That's pretty much what every kid in public school is thinking 90% of the day is I can't wait till the end of the day can't wait to go home and so it's just it's so hard honestly with with teachers being responsible for so many different kids there's just there's bound to be you know mishaps every single day and I mean I don't I don't blame a lot of teachers for getting bitter and you know snapping every now and then but it just I don't know it seems like it's gotten to a point where we need we need to kind of like come up with a new solution for this whatever whatever it is whether we need smaller classes like more one-on-one kind of attention like it's really hard to even teach a student properly when there's 30 kids in one classroom because not all kids can learn by watching the teacher write something on a whiteboard and explain it and then you know some kids will catch on that way but you know everyone's different it's i don't know if you've ever seen that old it's like some old old school cartoon like newspaper kind of cartoon looking thing and it's like it's got a picture of uh, a tree uh and like there's a whole bunch of different animals in front of this tree like a, a monkey and a bird and a bear and a dog and a cat and a turtle and you know just a fish like all sorts of different species in front of the tree and then there's like the teacher and the teacher's saying all right class your assignment today is climb this tree and it's like okay well the monkey and the bear and some of the other animals are definitely going to be able to do that but what the hell is the fish going to do? What's the, you know, what are, what are all these animals that can't climb going to do? Cause you know, it's, it's just an analogy for basically saying not all kids learn the same way. So if you have one teacher in front of 30, 40, 50 kids, it's just a really hard way for them to, to, you know, for all of them to retain the information. Cause like I said, while some of them will really learn, like they can just absorb the information just by looking at it and listening to their teacher, people like myself, I'm a hands-on worker. I got to have, I got to be doing it. And like, I've got to like have someone correct me one-on-one. And the only way you really get that in a classroom like that is when the teacher calls you up to the front of the class to do something. And when you're under that kind of pressure, that also some kids can't, when they're up in front of the classroom, they can't really learn things because they're, you know, they're embarrassed or they're not thinking about what they're doing on the whiteboard more than, you know, there's all these people looking at me. And it's just a really hard thing to balance in my opinion. You know, I, I think you're really onto something with having a more confined classroom. I I think there's a really good idea to be had there. I, I don't know how the whole process would work, but if they can manage to do like, say, if you cut the numbers in half, if there's 15 kids in a classroom now, I think you can get more done that way. I mean, let's be honest. When you have about 30 kids, it makes it very difficult because then you have to check on each student, make sure they're all doing their assignments properly, and Obviously, they're going to have a lot of questions and you have to teach, you know, certain ways to different kids. I feel like 30, first off, who came up with the number 30 for, you know, I know it's not exactly 
30, but around that general area, 25 to 30, or, or right around right. there, someone came up with that idea like, okay, let's put 30 kids in the classroom. Let's see how that goes. I I think you are onto something with it being – let's just even say if it was 10 to 15 kids, I think there's a very huge potential there to, to see – GPAs increase to I mean I don't even know what the average GPA is I'm probably gonna guess like a two point four two point seven maybe that's probably yeah, that sounds guess. like you could be right you know it's just that's ballparking I don't know you know but it, I feel like if if you cut the classes in half I think there's a huge uh, benefit for those kids extremely beneficial I think you'll see. GPAs go up to about 3, 3.4 or something like that. I mean, let's be honest. Being in front of a classroom, especially when your name gets called, like, oh, Hayden, what's the answer to this? You freak out. And you're like, holy shit, I don't know. I'm panicking right now. Uh, I'm thinking, I know that I know how to do this, but I'm caught under the pressure right now because 29 other sets of eyes are on me. And I'm like, I just, uh, and you panic, you freak out and you lose what you lose your concentration because you're just trying to not to be stupid. And that's, I mean, that's how it normally goes. At least, at least I think so. It's, that's one thing I certainly struggled with because I'm not the most outgoing individual. So whenever a teacher would call me like, Hey, you didn't come up to the board or, you know, Hey, why don't you tell us the answer? I freaked out. I was like, yep, uh, I don't know it. But on homework, I could do it easy. It's no problem. So I, I think having a more confined class is definitely a, it's a good approach. You know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up a, a, an example of what's, uh, you know, at least what the teachers have to deal with. You know, uh, I don't know how you combat this as a teacher, but when I was in high school, it was in my junior year. Yeah, junior or senior year. It was one of those two. I was in a math class. I was in geometry and I was doing my absolute best to really pay attention because I was on the verge of failing. It was a very tough class, tough teacher. He was kind of a prick, but you know, I'm going to let that slide because he probably had a reason to. And there was a kid in there who just, you could tell he didn't give a shit about school. He just, he was there just because he pretty much had to be. And he was talking to his other friends and everything. The teacher's trying to teach class and everything. And he called on the kid. He's like, Hey, you know, uh, I, I need you to calm down. You know, I, I'm trying to teach a class right now. And he just kind of laughed about it and continued to talk to his friends. And the teacher was like, Hey, insert name here. I'm talking. And the kid goes, yeah, so am I. And I was kind of baffled. I was like, there's no way I would want to talk to a teacher like that, especially to someone who's trying to educate me on what's going on because I'm, you know, I'm really trying to pay attention to a class like this. So how would you combat a, a student like that? Is there any kind of way that you can be like, look, like, I know kicking a, ki a kid out of class is only good for so much until that kid comes back into the classroom. What do you do in a scenario like that? That's another very difficult issue to come up with an answer for because so many kids act out. At least, in you know, from my experience, from what I've witnessed going through, you know, the school system, seeing a uh, a lot of kids, you know, act up to get attention, to be seen, to you know, whatever, just to you know, just to have people look at them. But not all people do it for that reason. Some people, some kids try to get kicked out of class, and that's you know, that's where it becomes really difficult to be like, you know, because I, I was thinking while you were talking, while while you were saying that, I was thinking in my head like, so many teachers, I feel like almost like being able to like 
yell or make fools out of students because uh, there's been so many times where I feel like or where I was sitting in class and some kid was acting out, uh, disrespecting the teacher, maybe saying some curse words or back talking or just being a disruption. And, you know, the teacher's asking them to stop and they don't want to do it. And the teacher just starts, gets in a yelling fight with the, you know, the student. And it's just like, hey, man, or, or lady, depending on whatever the teacher is, it's just like, look, you have that call button on your wall where you call an administrator, you call the SRO, whatever it is, and get the kid out of the class. And, you know, get the disruption out of the class so everybody who actually is trying to focus can continue to, to do their thing and continue to learn and not have their time wasted. And, you know, so many teachers, I feel like just egg it on and just kind of have, you know, little arguments with these with these kids that obviously aren't going to listen to what the teacher is saying. So why are you sitting here arguing with someone that's just going to disregard everything you say and just trying to make a fool of you and waste your time and waste everybody's time? But then you think about the flip side of it. And, you know, a lot of kids want to get out of class. And that's why they act up. Because then at a point you feel like, it's like that's what they want. So you're rewarding them for acting out. So it's it's really hard to know what the right thing to do is as a whole for like, you know, public school systems, how everything should be just baseline. This is how it should be. This is the, the system that caters towards the most amount of people. But what is the most amount? Like, I mean, I know most kids are there to, you know, I mean, like I said, most kids obviously aren't very happy to be at school most of the time. But for the most part, I feel like just about everybody is pretty obedient when they're in school. There's a lot more kids that are sitting there trying to learn or at least pretending to want to try to learn as opposed to kids that are acting out. The ones that act out are definitely, there's not nearly as many of them. My high school was, you know, like, I can't, I don't even know how many kids were in that school entirely, but safe to say well over a thousand. And, you know, when you have, you know, maybe one out of 20 kids in a school is going to be, you know, is going to act out every now and then. When you have a thousand or 2,000 kids, that one out of 20 turns into quite a lot of people. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's really hard to solve because even what I was talking about earlier about condensing classrooms, I mean, we definitely both agree that that would be, you know, a pretty good solution. Probably bring the average GPA up a few, a few notches because, you know, the more kids getting more one on one personal kind of, you know, teaching, then, you know, I feel like everybody would, it just benefits everybody. But with teachers already being so underpaid as it is, if you make them have to teach smaller groups of kids, the, the number of kids that need to be taught isn't going down. That number is always going up. So how do you get more teachers hired and even continue to pay them the little amount that they're already getting paid? And it's just, I don't know, it's a very, it's a difficult subject to tackle. We're uh, definitely not the right people for the job to come up with how the solution to be worked out but yeah it's a that's a tough one it baffles me in the aspect of how underpaid these teachers are and you know what they have to deal with a lot i mean given you know we kind of like we said last week you know we kind of criticized some of the teachers but i mean also looking on the flip side of things like they have to go through so much they their schedule is just like ours. I mean, we go in Monday through Friday, have weekends off, and school starts up right around the same time, and they have to be in there a little bit earlier for some kind of a plan for their whole semester or you know year or whatever. It's certainly not easy, especially dealing with some of the students. And you're right about the like the ratio from 
good kids to the kids who act out, it's more in favor of the kids who pay attention. But it's still still having to deal with that one kid every now and then. And I'm sure some of the teachers even talk like, oh my God, you know, so-and-so is just an absolute horrendous student. Like, I don't see why that kid is even in class. Not 100% sure uh, about, you know, what sort of incentives they, that we could give to teachers about, you know, wanting to, to do more and be more uh, influential to other students. I mean, you could talk about, you know, raising their, their, uh, the yearly income. But at what point, you know, can they can the school system say, you know, that's all that we have for money to lend out to the to the teachers and that's it, you know, it's and it's only, you know, X amount of dollars more. Maybe it's a thousand dollars more a year. And that's you know, to be quite honest, I mean it's yeah, it's nice, but it's not exactly what they're looking for either. Uh, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I think there should be some kind of placement test too for the students just to kind of figure out, okay, this is where they need to be instead of just giving them all these courses that they have to take instead. Well, okay, well let's just see what they're into, see what kind of hobbies they're about. And if they prefer one thing, like, okay. So if, if student a loves weightlifting and, you know, kind of wants to be on the career path of a physical trainer. So, all right, so let's do wellness and nutrition. Let's do weightlifting, do gym, a couple other classes to learn about that particular thing. But once again, it's kind of a very difficult thing to do because then I'm sure that's, that's really using a lot of resources that they are not trying to use at that particular time. So I find it frustrating because when I was in school, I really wanted to do my best and you know, finish really, really good. I didn't finish horrible, uh, certainly. You know, I wasn't a C and D student. I was probably, you know, A, B, and then maybe a C here and there. You know, I wasn't horrible, but I just, I felt like I could have done better. And I wish maybe a teacher or two would have been like, hey, like, you can do this. Push It kind of pushed me uh, further is what I'm saying. I, I think that goes a long way, too. I feel like it's just less and less common now. I mean, I, I had one teacher in in my uh, sophomore year, my math class, and she was she was an excellent teacher. Uh, she was probably one of my favorites. She wanted people to excel, and she she tried desperately bad to get all these kids to have an A at the end of the semester. And you know, I kind of fell short of that. I mean, I finished with a B, so I'll be okay. But you know, if we could have more teachers like that, dude, I think that'd be fantastic and i think some of the students should definitely just sit down shut the fuck up and pay attention that's my opinion at the end of the day it's just frustrating when i'm trying to learn something and some jackass is sitting next to me and just hollering and won't stop talking i'm like dude shut the hell up i'm trying to learn something that's my rant <laughs> yeah i mean i i'm on the same page with you man it's uh, I mean, I guess, like we talked about on the the, la the part one of this episode uh, last week, like, you know, there's some really, really, really great teachers out there that are really dedicated and really want to make the biggest difference that they can, uh, be the most help to each student that they can. And they, you know, they actually really care. There was more teachers like that than how it works now. All the kids that do act out all the time. I guess what I'm trying to say is it really comes down to parents in my eyes there can be you know so many great teachers and and that that you you know each person can remember like oh I, I remember at least you know four or five of my teachers throughout my whole entire school career were great and while you know it's nice to say that i had four or five really great teachers i had a lot more than four or five teachers 
So, you know, four or five is, is, is better than zero. But, I mean, I can't tell you how many teachers I've had exactly from the time I started school to, the, you know, the time I was done with school. It has to be, it's a big number. And for really only four or five, six teachers to be memorable to me as like, you know, that was a good teacher. I learned from that teacher, like, they just, uh, they obviously really cared about what they did. Uh, most of them, you know, I, I won't say most of them don't care, but most of them, I don't feel like go an extra mile. I feel like it's, that's kind of hard to come by nowadays, at least with the teachers I came in contact with, it was. So at the end of the day, it really does come down to the parents to, to be like, you know, my kid keeps getting kicked out of class. Like I've got to figure out something that works for him. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you really can't put everything on the teachers. They do try their best. At least, you know, some of them do. And, uh, you know, you just, I don't know. I feel, I'm kind of <laughs> starting to feel bad just because, you know, teachers, I don't know, they, they do a lot. And it's a, it's a honestly pretty fucking hard job going through my whole school career. Like, oh, man, I wouldn't want to do that shit. Like all the, all the stuff I saw throughout going through school was like a lot. I saw some pretty messed up things. I saw some kids do some pretty terrible things to teachers. I saw some teachers be put in some really difficult positions and, you know, it's, it's tough. And, you know, we have been kind of bashing on them a little bit, you know, in general, no one in particular, but at the end of the day, it, it, it can only really kind of, I guess it's shitty to put it, but at the end of the day, you know, with our country, how much money that they put into the school system, you get what you pay for. So if we're not really willing to, to make some compromises in some other areas, um, as a country, then the school system's probably not really going to get much better because, you know, like I said earlier, population is only growing. The number of kids that need to be taught, that number is only increasing. It's only getting more and more and more. So we're going to have to figure something out because you can't, you know, with the, the issue of there being 25 to 30 kids in every class right now, and uh, at least, you know, that's not even talking about college. College is a whole different thing. There's like 200 people, you know, in that case, but, you know, at least going from, elementary school and middle school and high school, that number going from 25 to 30 or 25 to 30 may be, you know, 40 to 50, 10 years from now, because of, you know, if, if teachers aren't getting paid much more than they are now in the future, not that many people are going to want to teach and there's going to have to be less teachers and more students. As sad as it's going to be, like, I don't know in the future how many people will want to continue to teach. And I don't know how many other people will want to say, yeah, I want to be a teacher. Like, I feel like that number is going to slowly just dissolve over time just because of what goes on. I mean, dude, like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and I don't understand how – you got to think. Some of those teachers, they need that pay for teaching. I'm sure the, the school district has them covered to a certain extent, but – once you realize like how bad things are as a teacher, it's like, damn, like at what point do you just say enough is enough? And you know, I, I'm going to figure something else out because being a teacher is not it. They get put through tremendous amount of shit and mad respect to teachers. And, you know, I, sort of what you were saying, you know, looking back at what we said last week, I almost feel bad just because like now when I truly think about it, they have to go through, I mean, just so much. And mad respect to any teacher out there. You know, some some teachers uh, I even witnessed, like, start to kind of break down and lose it just because of how bad my single class was. And, you know, it, I certainly wasn't an issue with that because you know, I, was, uh, I was a pretty good kid, I'd like to say. I wasn't necessarily always the best, but, you know, I, I'd like to say I was pretty good. But I wish 
something would change for teachers. Like uh, I, I'm in full support of the teachers at this point. Just thinking on everything that you know we had to talk about from last week and today. It's you know I think their their hard work truly does go unnoticed just because of what they have to go through and all the extra stuff that you don't see. Like they have to plan. They have to. Okay, they have to learn all the uh, the kids' names and all like that's you know extremely difficult. But they have to figure different ways out to teach certain kids. Just because you know student A may be pretty easy to teach, but student B you know may require more help than the others, and you have to figure out you know, okay, well what's going to work for him or her? Whereas you know the other student is, I can just tell you, hey, here's how you do this X, Y, and Z, and you're good. So. It's a pain in the ass, and I feel sorry for you know some of the teachers that have to go through that. As students, they need to do a better job and just just sit down for for that class period. Just sit down, shut up, and just listen as much as you can. And if you need to take a fucking Adderall, take an Adderall, and not okay. Well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, let me backtrack on that because <laughs> I don't necessarily fully support Adderall at, at all. So. Sit down, shut up, and yeah, do your best to pay attention because <laughs> I don't uh, eat, your, eat your Wheaties. Yeah, yeah, eat some good shit like you know pineapple or some fruit, and maybe that'll help you pay attention. Ah, yeah, bring your own pack of gum too. That's my that's my other piece of advice. Bring your own pack of gum. You know, I think yeah, I think that helps out a lot too. You're just you know, like you're okay. You're chewing gum, and it, it's kind of like one of those things you just you don't necessarily pay attention to, but. I don't know. I uh, for some odd reason I like to try to make bubbles as much as I can out of them. So why not, right? Just distract you <laughs> yeah, for whatever, something. Whatever can occupy you. Yeah, it, it just just to the point where you can actually pay attention. So <laughs> yeah, not very resourceful, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> oh, shit. So. All right. Well, uh, I guess that uh, that about covers it for the week. Yeah. We know we made a part to this, and you know it probably wasn't much different from last week, but I think it, we just had to kind of touch on a couple more things before we tied this up. So that's where we're at, ladies and gents. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at Brinkley Hayden Zero, and you can find me at Z Bristol Z. And make sure to give us a follow on our Twitter page at Opinions Endless. All right, I guess uh, we will catch y'all on episode thirty-two. Deuce. 32, yo. Bye-bye.